Matt. I'm ready, John. Okay, here we go. Plastic. Why, Future. Downbeat, downbeat.com. <laughs> .com, man. Hello, John. Hey, that was another one. We did it. Good evening, Matt. And it's it's only the two of us, so we cannot scare off anyone tonight. Um, yes, because we yes. have we have a very special episode to record tonight. Uh-huh. It's uh, a an outtake from the World Biomarkets, and maybe okay. some of you know it already that as the climate future is partnering with World Biomarkets. Some of you might also have heard already the episode with Paul, one of the owners of World Biomarkets, who is our hero in driving the commercialization of bioeconomy. And we were so lucky to get invited to The Hague in the beginning of May this year and be there on the spot with all these innovators from the field of bioeconomy. And tonight we will have some of these amazing people on the podcast, but recorded live at the World Biomarket. Right, John? Man, Matt, that sounds really good, you know. Uh, and indeed, Paul, uh, Paul McDonald of World Biomarkets, I mean, he's really a true pioneer in bringing this industry together uh, and building it up uh, by using his, his, his capabilities and skills. It's good to be a part of that. Uh, uh, and uh, yeah, I understand uh, there is a big show in, in The Hague on the 10th and 11th of May that you are at that I was supposed to be with you at, but I had another commitment that I couldn't get out of. But uh, I'm looking forward to, to listening to, to the interviews uh, that, that were done uh, by you, Matt, and uh, had a chance to here are a few of them, so, so I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Great, and I'm happy to, to have you here tonight. And um, yeah, why don't we just dive in right away. Here we go. First interview with Goiza Der. Goiza Der is from Spain. Okay. And um, her name is actually from the Basque country. That's what she told us. Oh, wow. Um, and uh, she is working for, yeah, Sener Bio2C uh, division, which is dealing with the valorization of um, biomass into mm-hmm. all kinds of different products and sources for bio-based materials and bio-based material solutions. Wow, Matt, I can't wait to hear this. You know, uh, I have a soft spot for the Spanish and, and, and biotechnology <laughs> because I sat underneath uh, a PhD guy from, from that part of Spain uh, when I was doing my master's in biotechnology. So I can't wait to hear this. Here we go. So I'm here at the World Biomarkets in The Hague with, that's uh, one of the most complicated names, I think. For someone who doesn't speak Spanish, <laughs> it's Goizeder Barberena Ibanez. That's good. Um, is there a short form for Goizeder? 
Well, you can call me Goise, if that ah. makes it easier. Goise, uh, you came here from Spain. Can you tell us just shortly uh, what is your company doing? Or first, the name of your company and uh, what are you doing? And then just a little bit about why are you here? Of course. This is Goise Seder from Sener. Sener is the National Renewable Energy Center of Spain. We are a research institute that we are developing technologies and researching on the different uh, renewables, but in particular, and come from the Bio2C, which is the Bio Refinery and Bioenergy Center, where we are uh, particularly uh, going through uh, scaling and developing technologies for the valorization of uh, biomasses, mainly uh, bioresidues and uh, residual biomasses into bio-based products. Okay. Uh, we work at different TRLs from the very earliest stages, from lab stages until, until piloting and demonstration uh, scale. Although we mainly focus both on biochemical pathways, including, for example, enzymatic hydrolysis and including, for example, fermentation in order to go and produce uh, bio-based plastics, biostimulants, biopesticides, etc. And uh, the second pillar is uh, thermochemical pathways, where by means of, for example, uh, gasification, torrefaction, uh, pyrolysis, uh, hydrothermal liquefaction, we are working on advanced biofuels productions, such as, for example, uh, SAF, sustainable aviation biofuels, but also other chemical building blocks that are aimed uh, to go through uh, other bio-based products. That would be on another cell what we are doing. <laughs> and then I should have asked what you are not doing, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, why are you here? Like, what do you expect from the event? Um, we know that uh, scaling up bioeconomy requires a lot of collaboration. Um, what are your primary goals here today? Yeah, indeed, indeed. Uh, well, our main focus uh, today and tomorrow is to uh, meet and uh, share with the colleagues that we are meeting yeah. here on the needs that the bio sector is facing right now and mainly to those needs that SNR could provide solutions, okay? Some of them could be on the earlier stages in the kind of microorganisms, etc., but also on the most uh, advanced TRLs when it comes to upscaling the kind of technologies, uh, the size of the reactors, which kind of downstream are they needing because that there, there we all have a challenge and Sener is trying to, to support the industry there and not also the big industry like sometimes they might have their own research centers etc but uh, we also focus quite a lot on the startups that they are, have great ideas great technologies in which we can support with their scaling the IP of course and the know-how is uh, belonging to the startup but Sener supports on the whole uh, way to the commercialization of their product or their processes. So you're saying basically that there is a lot of innovative know-how already available and uh, one missing link is also connecting the people on the right platforms and then also have players like you guys who are, have the infrastructure, the knowledge and the network to, to, to provide this, the, the, the scale-up. 
Okay, good. So where, where, where do you see the challenges mostly? Uh, well, I could say that one of the main challenges uh, could rely on the kind of pieces of that you are, we are using yeah, for yeah. the bio-based product production. So on the one side, uh, we have like the usual biomasses or those biomasses that are not such complicated, but somehow those, com those could be competing with food and feed. Mm. And that's something that we can be doing right now, but in some years we won't be able to do as it happened with uh, first generation biofuels, for example. So it's something that the, all the sustainability requirements that Europe uh, will somehow establish mm -hmm. are also coming to bio-based, okay? So I think that uh, working on those feedstock that are not so easily manageable, that could ferment on the way to the platforms, that uh, sometimes could have own uh, toxicity during the process, etc., etc. But those that are quite uh, available, and uh, we have quite amount of feedstock on that, like to 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 be able to invest and research on that because that could be a solution for our future. For example, one feedstock that I like quite a lot talking about is urban bio waste. Uh -huh. Okay, urban bio waste can be used for uh, biogas production, bio however it already has uh, it still has kind of sugars it could have a steel protein that could be valorized into other more value-added products before it goes to uh, biomethanization so that's something that we should uh, research and think about because we could solve like two problems yeah. the one which is the management of that waste on the one side and the second one that we are providing to the society a bio-based product that is replacing the fossil one. Well, it sounds uh, like uh, on one hand a lot of work but also a lot of potential um, and I think we should definitely dive deeper into all these uh, other yeah, technology and innovations that you talked about in the beginning and have uh, have you on a full podcast episode. So, till then, uh, enjoy and uh, successful fair today. Thank you very much. That would be a pleasure to go in through another podcast and uh, let's have a good uh, conference today and tomorrow. Thank you. Thanks. We will hear more from Goize there uh, in one of our episodes because she agreed to come on and the next one that I happened to meet in The Hague was Gayatri from Material Connection with an X the X effect oh cool cool and guess from which country she came to The Hague John oh wow well you know Matt, I'm going to guess here, but you know, I'm, I, I, I've heard of Material Connection. Actually, I've had some connection with Material Connection <laughs> in, in my career over the years. And, uh, you know, my guess is they're, they're probably from the U.S., just as an inkling. Well, uh, and and right. what, I mean, my guess is what they're doing is, is they're, they're, they're dealing with materials and, and connections related to materials. Just guessing. That's what I'm thinking based <laughs> on the name of the, uh, of the entity. Well, then... Uh, Listen carefully because we will hear shortly from uh, Gayatri how she views the importance of materials for the design of new products and applications, but also the importance of education and the necessity of education to bring new, 
more sustainable material solutions into the industry. Oh, wow. Well, hey, Matt, you know, I'm all ears. I got data to prove it. Here we go. So I'm here with Gayatri. Is it is it the right pronunciation? Yes. Okay, That's very good. good. <laughs> so I'm here I'm here at the World Biomarkets Conference with Gayatri from Material Connection with X. <laughs> X effect. <laughs> yeah, the X effect. Um, and uh, yeah, maybe you tell us what you're doing because I know Material Connection, but uh, probably the listeners don't know. And uh, what brought you here to the Hague? Certainly. <laughs> It's amazing to be here and part of, this is my first time, uh, to be honest, although I've been following this space um, for some years now. And what brought me here is certainly as a material connection, we are constantly looking for cutting-edge technologies, solutions that we can bring to our clients. We are primarily working at the intersection of materials, technology and design. And so ah. seeing these new innovations and how they can change the whole product design process, what we call as material-minded design. Love it. <laughs> so thinking more about the materials in terms of the potential that they provide, what kind of characteristics, what kind of performance, what the design attributes are possible, and then working backwards in terms of understanding the potential and exploiting it to make the best use of it for a desired application or product, and so we want to first make sure that we are providing that right platform or toolkit to our brands in order to get access to these new technologies. And then the best work comes out of when everyone works together. And for us to provide that ecosystem to our clients, we want to make sure that we're finding the right partners. And these conferences provide us a great avenue in terms of connecting with like-minded folks working in this space, whether it is coming from a research organization. We had a great presentation from the University of Maine called the Nanocellulos Valley. <laughs> Loved it. So again, identifying those key partners that can be coming from university, that can be coming from, you know, corporate world, material startups, you know, investors, VCs. We need all of them to work together in order to unlock the potential of materials and technologies for creating a more sustainable culture. Beautiful. And um, yeah, I think one of the keywords is definitely the collaboration and uh, what's needed to really effectively collaborate in this field and create solutions that are not only innovative, but especially scalable, because that's uh, time is running. So scalability is important. And uh, what I understand is uh, you basically also create a common language because uh, we have to bring together designers, innovators, but also the large industry to provide the infrastructure. Uh, what, what do you, how do you see the role of education? Um, is this something that we have to invest more and, uh, yeah, and, and provide more platforms actually with the right content to, to uh, yeah, provide the education level that is needed to uh, enforce these collaborations? I cannot emphasize enough the importance and the necessity of education, especially now because today's consumers are very knowledgeable. They have you know, all this information and data at their fingertips through digital technologies. But with that kind of you know, automation also comes the challenges in terms of having more credible data. And 
there is a lot more education that needed across the entire value chain not just from the brand side or the consumer side but even from the manufacturer side because most of the times these bigger corporations the chemical companies don't necessarily have visibility into their existing supply chain in terms of where they are getting their feedstock how they are making these materials so this opens up the dialogue between not just you know intersector but intrasector conversations as well to understand what's going on inside their own factory and product chain and at the same time communicating that more effectively in a more transparent manner with their clients and ultimately with the end users beautiful um i think we have a lot of topics that we should dive into deeper and uh, i'm already looking forward to invite you to our podcast for a full episode yes. Thanks a lot Gayatri for being here. My pleasure. Thank you so much for chatting with me and I'm equally excited to be on your podcast to continue the conversation. So this was Gayatri and uh, Gayatri also agreed to come on our podcast soon and we will hear more about innovations with material technologies. But now we come to Thomas. Thomas from Germany. Uh -huh. And he tells us a bit about ingredient branding and what ingredient branding means for companies that innovate with new solutions and how they can change their role from being just a supplier to true drivers of the industry. Matt, I can't wait to hear this one, you know, because it also reminds me of, of one of our recent podcasts with, with John Besson, Dr. John Besson, oh, who yeah. talked about exploring innovation space. You know, you and I uh, both have really, really soft spots for innovation, being kind of technical nerds. Uh, but here is a great example of innovation being, being, yes, technical, but here it's also about positioning and messaging Uh, because here it's, it's related to branding, but it's all, it's all about creating value. So I can't wait to hear this. Great. And now let's listen in. So I'm here with, uh, at the World Buyer Markets with Tomas Vucerevich. Tomas, tell us more. What are you doing? Hey, Mateusz. Great to be here. Uh, yeah, my name is Tomas Vucerevich. I'm the founder and managing director of Brand. We are dealing uh, with so-called um, ingredient branding and uh, we are trying to help our customers to extract more value from their sustainable innovations by stepping out of the role of a supplier and uh, becoming um, a brand by themselves and through that also increasing their um, position in the supply chain to become truly a business partner of their clients versus a supplier that is often treated uh, quite badly. Yeah, so we're here at a kind of material-focused event. Is there something significant that has changed over the last couple of years when it comes to branding of material technologies? Yeah, I think the biggest change we see is a, is a common understanding that there is no single material or no single company that can solve uh, alone uh, the problems related to sustainability or ecological um, issues. So what is, what is needed in the future is more collaboration and therefore also the ingredient brand model is moving a bit from this linear 
model. I want to um, create a demand for my proprietary solution towards uh, aligning also with others along the supply chain and creating a, more of a network um, through which those technologies can be scaled and, uh, and commercialized. But there is also um, some problems related to such collaborations. Yeah, it, one, one of the problems that I see or the challenges is that it's still sometimes lacking the, the common language um, in terms of standardization, but also maybe goals that uh, in terms of sustainability that uh, people have or expectations, not really goals, but expectations. Uh, what do you see like, how do you see the role of events like this here where you actually bring together very versatile uh, yeah, members of the entire value chain. Is this, uh, is this a good idea? Yeah, it's fantastic. And I think the concept of the event to not only have a conference, but really to sponsor one-to-one -one meetings um, and, and networking is important. As I said, there needs to be more collaboration from the very raw material all the way towards a retail and, and consumer. And this platform is one of, the, one of the key events in Europe that trying to establish kind of a common understanding of where the world is going. Another important element is the legislation that is now kicking in. I think uh, starting with the EU Green Deal from the von der Leyen Commission, uh, we now see a lot of initiatives that are going towards the prevention of greenwashing, towards the um, also legal requirements to be claim-proof. I think claim-proofness is something that is absolutely crucial for the future of sustainability so that no company and no brand can make any more sustainability claims that are not 100% um, yeah, def uh, defined or 100% proven by activities, by measurements, and ideally also externally validated. Yeah, I think that's also yeah, pointing to a very important aspect uh, when it comes to enabling this type of collaboration because it's trust, right? And I think here we have a, still sometimes a long way to go. Um, yeah, I would be happy if we can continue this conversation and uh, maybe we see us on our podcast. Thank you very much. Um, have a great uh, rest of the show. And I think we have to go inside and follow the next presentation. Very good. So now we know what is ingredient branding. And uh, in the next interview, we will get to know something about how to valorize the value chain of price. Price? Oh, price. you mean... Hey, 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 Matt. You know, hey, I, I, you know where I'm originally from, but, but I've been living in in the the world of fries for for many years. <laughs> meaning Belgium, you know, fritches in 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 the north and pommes frites in, in the rest. Oh, perfect. And let's talk about fries. Well, that this will be interesting because I got hold of Paul, who was uh, with Dutch, and mm -hmm. uh, he is the innovation manager of Royal Kassoon, and will tell us more about how to you know, develop bio-based products out of the crop value chain. Boom. 
Man, I can't wait to hear this, Matt, because uh, also another example of all these innovations that are taking us away from a linear economy, away from uh, a linear value chain, and also reducing carbon dioxide emissions. So this is great. This is great. This is what we want to do. Perfect. Listen in. Well, I'm uh, still here at the World Biomarkets, and uh, I'm now with a company that is uh, utilizing the value chain of rice. <laughs> no, I, that's what we heard in the beginning. Um, there was a, an opening keynote from uh, Royal Kusun, and now I'm here with Paul. Paul, tell us more about you. What are you doing here? <laughs> so I'm uh, Paul. Yeah, I'm uh, the innovation manager at uh, Kusun Innovation. So it's a really a central role in the company. Sort of the yeah, the, the central innovation that we do. Uh, we look at all the feedstocks that we, uh, we have from our crops, so the, the potato, sugar beets, chicory, uh, it's quite a broad spectrum of, of crops that we have and uh, yeah, we try to valorize the, like the whole crop, so yeah, we tend to say or tend to strive to 100% circularity and go beyond uh, 100% actually, it's not just yeah, uh, giving it just to the, to the animals as feed, but also yeah, make new bio-based products out of it. And uh, yeah, even here in front of us, we have a, a soap bar that's made of uh, certain uh, yeah certain ingredients that you can find in uh, in chicory roots and uh, yeah in, in other uh, kind of crops that we have. So yeah. it's really versatile, uh, and, and you can can do enormous uh, amounts of uh, yeah applications with it. And that's what I found really interesting about World Biomarkets. It's really a broad uh, yeah, a broad range of, of companies that come here. Uh, we are also at a sort of an odd dog in the at, at this uh, this conference because yeah, we are not that big in bio-based yet, yeah. but we are doing yeah a lot in different markets uh, in home personal care, agrochemicals, yeah. in textiles, in adhesives. Uh, really a broad spectrum of all product market combinations. Uh, so that, that gives us a really good yeah, reach here as well. Uh, and I find that uh, the energy is really good. Uh, everybody's open to, to really yeah, get in touch, get connected, yeah, yeah. and yeah, strive to a better uh, bio-based economy. And uh, yeah, one step forward at a time, right? Yeah, and uh, we just talked before, and um, I think one of the key elements that we've heard already today also from from in the keynotes but also from from other interviews is how do you foster actually inter interdisciplinary collaboration how do you provide solutions that uh, yeah provide actually also base for innovation and and this is uh, as I understand this is also kind of your role um, how important do you see the interdisciplinary because you already said you're, you're working together with with different type brands and I've seen how many of these are and from different areas how uh, yeah how, how, how important is it to have a common language there and then also have a, events like this here to create this common language in order to to, to yeah, connect all the different stakeholders maybe what, what are the stakeholders that are, you are working with in the value chain? 
Yeah, so we are quite a vertically integrated company. So we are yeah, from the from the land onto the yeah the, the ingredients that we provide. Uh, even yeah, even consumer products in uh, in Avico, uh, the, the potato fries and uh, and sugar. Uh, so it's quietly vertically integrated. But we try to to seek collaborations from the challenges that we have, or try to accelerate certain innovations uh, that we cannot or have not developed ourselves. So we provide also the the means for scaling up, piloting, uh, yeah, with finding some synergies between companies uh, like a startup that has it developed technology maybe yeah uh, been doing for the past five to ten years or something and is now at a certain point that they need to or want to scale up but they don't find the, the means or they have this chicken and the egg story of oh we we need to have an offtake agreement to have this investment ready or uh, so it, it costs a lot of money of course to scale and we try to provide and help them as well to uh, yeah, to make this bridge uh, and, and gap to, to go to market. So we have a lot of feedstocks that all these kind of technologies uh, yeah, might be able to utilize. So we are looking for uh, ways to, to get rid of these feedstocks or to yeah. sell these feedstocks. And we also have a yeah, distribution network in, in quite a lot of areas. So yeah, it's quite a broad spectrum as well, uh, but which we can help them with as well. For, so, to take off what they eventually produce. Uh, and yeah, we're sort of the yeah, in between and try to bridge this this technology to the market. Um, the interface. The interface <laughs> of this. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think what what you just launched last week, you just said, is an interesting thing, uh, and maybe we should do a little advertisement for this. <laughs> so what is it? Yeah, so we just launched the, the Cosin Connect uh, platform, which, uh, yeah, it, it has a lot of uh, challenges on there. Every few months we open up an open call uh, where we are looking for, yeah, at the moment we are looking for a yeah, open call for protein. So we have... Uh, we just last year launched our internal startup called Cosin Protein, and they are still looking for additional, yeah, sort of proteins they can add to their pro portfolio, for instance. And in this open call, we are, yeah, seriously looking for partnerships, uh, that, yeah, partners that we can work with to launch new pro uh, proteins or eventually scale new protein products that we can extract from uh, side streams or from. Uh, we can uh, produce by fermentation or uh, yeah, the whole shebang. It's quite a broad, uh, broad range that you can can think of. It's really an open call, and uh, yeah, we should invite everyone. We should invite everyone. Yeah, so <laughs> it, it just opened up. Uh, All the innovators, come, come, come to the platform. Yeah, <laughs> come to the platform, take a look. Yeah, uh, message us. Uh, our contact information is on there as well. And we will just uh, have a look, and, uh, and then we we hopefully can dive into the deeper into the results um, because it would be of course amazing if we can talk uh, a bit more about uh, your technologies and uh, have you on the podcast for a full episode. Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Enjoy. And in the end of the first day, I actually got hold of one of the key persons of the world biomarkets, our dear friend, Paul McDonald. Paul, oh, okay. Yeah, I got hold of him in, during lunch break and uh, 
let him summarize the first day and uh, also explain a bit more about what's happening behind the scenes. Oh, wow. I mean, I can't wait to hear this because, I mean, of course, we got a chance to to talk to Paul together on a podcast, I think, a month ago. Uh, so I can't wait to hear him. And, and I mean, he really is a pioneer in, in bringing the industry together uh, uh, to to uh, yeah, enable the the, uh, the business growth. So can't wait to hear this. Here we go. Finally, I got to the main person of the <laughs> event. <laughs> No, one of the the owners of World Biomarkets, Paul. First of all, thanks for the invitation. It's a great event. We've had uh, already a lot of cool discussions. We have good content. But I think the most important question is, how is your feedback so far? Are you still stressed? <laughs> I'm less stressed than I was at about 3 o'clock this morning. Um, yeah, feedback has been has been superb. You know, you can... We're trying to do something different, okay? And as I keep saying to people, um, you know, if we're going to accelerate the adoption and implementation of bio-based solutions, it comes down to commercialization. And commercialization, you know, really is built on connecting the right people to have meetings. And not ad hoc meetings, but pre-arranged meetings where both parties know what the other one can bring to the party. So... Um, and that has gone, you know, it's, uh, what are we, we're halfway through day one. Um, you know, we had to double the size of the delegate to delegate meeting tables because of the demand at sort of midnight last night. So, yeah, it's really, really, really positive. Right. Um, and from the keynotes so far, like we've had uh, feedstock providers, we've had brands. Now we're going to have a cool panel also. Um where you connect the stakeholders of, the, of, of an entire value chain. So that's interesting. Um, what, what was for you the most interesting one so far? Oh, that's a difficult <laughs> question. Um, my favorite quote from a presentation was from Andy Bassett at Covative. Oh, yeah. And can I remember it? I wrote it down. <laughs> it was something like, we have to get away from being a fashion parade of prototypes. That's a good one. That's a good one. We've, uh, I've, I've been talking with um, uh, Royal. Uh, uh, oh, shit. <laughs> I've been talking with Royal Cosin, yeah. and um, they also said that uh, the most important thing is how do we actually bring these all these innovations from this prototype stage into the market Um, and having an event where you really connect especially those who have the power not only to have the push effect from from the innovators but having this pull effect is the most important Um, is there like changes in terms of branding also that you can experience like people from from the innovation space um, changing their strategies in terms of branding from the producer or from the brands themselves from the producers yeah I think I think it, to be honest with you it's hard for me to have a comment on that because I haven't sort of seen it over a well, we can have another question <laughs> <laughs> no but, but I think but but you do see them because 
because you know one of the big things they have to do is go from lab scale to yeah, startup yeah. to scale up. And if you're going to be talking to a L'Oreal or an on running or whatever else, okay, it's not the most important thing, but you you need to present yourself in a certain way which is going to make you attractive to one yeah. of those types of companies. And therefore, one of the things that the conference focuses on quite a lot, and it will do for years to come, is getting inside of the minds of the brands, yeah. okay? And if you, and whether you're selling to a brand or whether you're selling to a big chemical company or whether you're trying to get investment, you still need to get into the psyche of the person that you want to do business with and we've said that a key thing to scaling this sector is about commercialization. So that's something else I think we'll build on for the future, helping a, a pretty embryonic sector better understand how to commercialize and, yeah. and, 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 and how, to, how to talk to their potential customers. And interestingly, you know, we do have a session uh, tomorrow called Storytelling for Scientists, yeah, yeah. which is exactly, okay, Storytelling is not your key skill, understandably, but you need to you know, be good or better at it. Yeah, and uh, which, uh, so apparently this is one of the sessions that you're looking forward to also. Um, what are the keynotes for tomorrow that you're looking forward to? So tomorrow we've got two big keynotes. We've got Matt Lipscomb from DMC um, giving us a bit of insight into his business and a view from yeah. the States, which will be cool. We've got Niels from On Running, who's always brilliant and very sort of thought-provoking and, and pushing the boundaries. Um, we've got some more really interesting panel discussions. We've actually got two uh, really good panel discussions right at the end of the day. Uh, one is looking at PHA applications. And the other one, the very final session, is getting a view from around the world. So I'm interviewing or hosting a panel with some uh, somebody from India, somebody from Australia, and um, I've now forgotten where the other per person <laughs> is from. It's very helpful. But yeah. From around the world. From around the world. From around the world. My mind is on black. It's already been a long period. Uh, so yeah, so, um, so that would be good. And that sort of leads into... How do we try and internationalize yeah. the event as well? Which is one of the reasons why yeah. we're starting to get a dialogue over if you want to partner with somebody in a different continent or a different country, what are the barriers you need to overcome? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I've seen already that you have, um, it's, not on, it's, it's an event that is hosted in Europe, but uh, I think more than 50% are coming from outside of Europe also. Like I've talked to Material Connection, uh, Gayatri. Yeah. from the US, um, from Brazil, also Viviana, yeah. and so on. Um, how, did, or how did you get uh, these people interested in coming to Europe? I think, um, you know, we had two presentations this morning. We're only on the halfway through day one, and we had two presentations from the States, yeah. right? One yeah. from the University of Maine, one from the state of Nebraska. Okay. And I think, you know, America has, uh, in some instances, so much to offer, uh, and, and they're looking for partnerships with European yeah. uh, sort of players. So I think um, it would be wrong of me to say we've done anything sort of special or you know, sort of uh, amazing. I think we, you know, we're, we're gathering the right groups of people, and if you, are, you know, if you want to meet the people here, then it doesn't matter whether you're in America or Australia or Timbuktu, eventually over time you're going to 
you're going to find that the value of attending is is, is too good to miss, basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, I think that's a good wrap-up. Um, I hope uh, we're going to get you for a full podcast episode after the event so that you can report whether it was really super stressy or not. Um, of course, uh, for, for, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, happy to do it. Happy to do but also maybe some uh, some of the feedback from the participants that were here because what I received so far and uh, we're gonna listen to it also on this episode for sure um, was super positive, especially like having the the opportunity to network right next to the conference venue which uh which gives a lot of flexibility also and um yeah we hope uh, we're gonna have catch up um, after the conference again yeah, thanks Paul. wow matt <laughs> that was great that wow a, mike one of my key takeaways there was what, what paul said get away from being a fashion parade of prototypes Wow, that that's that is so right on the point, uh, yeah. and, and it's not to take away from innovation. You always want uh, innovations coming from the beginning all the way to commercial. But I get his point. You don't want an industry that's staying uh, in, in always at the TRL low levels. So so yeah, really great stuff. What do you think? No, definitely. I I think this was super powerful, and um, I was very happy that I got hold of him. And um, of course, you know. He's doing such a great job with this event, mm. and uh, as we've heard also from the other guests, they they really appreciate also the someone driving also this format and and someone really pushing this forward, as you just said, like to higher TRL levels and you know commercialize these these innovative solutions. Yeah, this is uh, this is the end of the of the first part of uh, our World Biomarkets conclusions, um, and we will have we can tell you already today we will oh, have a little follow up <laughs> with some more guests uh, yes. among others, someone talking very famous talking about mycelium based materials, <laughs> then we will have our friends. Talked about digital product passports and the importance of blockchain oh. technologies. Yes. And even someone from the most innovative running shoe brand. Can you oh, guess wow. who that is? Wow. This is going to be great. I mean, I'm, I, I think just keep it secret, you know. Uh, okay. we, we'll re, you'll reveal it during the next episode, I would think, you know. Perfect. But what I have to say is, is I mean, okay, call me a nerd, but I really mean this. Just another example of uh, of tonight of, of, you know, the balls being moved forward, for, pardon the metaphor, you know. Um, innovations are taking place. Real things are happening. Uh, and, and yeah, uh, industries are growing up and we're, we're able to have careers from that. That's great. And we're solving some problems that, that, that are really important to solve. It's so cool, man. Can't wait for the next episode.